Hey everyone, I'm Mallory Rubin and I am thrilled to tell you that House of R has a new podcast feed. Joanna Robinson and I will now be with you twice a week with more of the deep dives you've come to know and love on the Ringerverse. In addition to exploring all of your favorite nerd culture new releases, we'll have nostalgic revisitations, hype meters, Hall of Fame inductions, tropes courses, drafts, and more. All bad babies are welcome as we dive into Star Wars, Marvel, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, and beyond. Follow the new House of Our feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, and it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. I am joined today by Michelle Herman, who DM me on Instagram with lots of thoughts, and I took her up on it. Michelle, welcome to Bachelor Party. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. I'm really happy you're here as well. I hope you don't mind me sharing that you are in the Golden Bachelor demo, and that's why you reached out to me. Or I think you are. I am. I'm very proud of how old I am. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, I'm, six, I'm 68, so I'm actually a good bit older than some of those women. And also, but younger than some of them, too. Younger than Gary. Yes. Do you have a hard time remembering how to say his name? No, but I know you do. <laughs> and I, I laugh every time you talk about it. But I don't see his name written down very often. You know, right. so I just think of him as Gary. I think if I had to write it down, I'd have trouble remembering how to spell it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So at this yeah. point, I, I got it. But what, <laughs> but when I do read it, it's so confusing to me. Michelle, what's your background? Like, what do you do professionally? And how long have you been watching The Bachelor? So professionally, I'm a writer. I write novels and personal essays, memoir. I taught creative writing at Ohio State for 34 years wow. and retired from that about a year and a half ago, very happily. And so now I'm writing full time. And I was a very late adopter of The Bachelor. <laughs> My daughter, I have one daughter, and she didn't watch any reality TV, but then she went off to college. <laughs> And friends in her dorm got her started watching The Bachelor. And she called me 
this was the very end of Ari's season. Oh, and okay. She, she called me one night and she said, Mama, I know you think it's trash, even though you've never seen it. But I'm telling you, it has everything you love. It has characters and relationships and drama. And you just try one episode. And so the first episode, I always do what she tells me. The first episode, <laughs> the first episode I watched was the one when he picks Becca, when mm. he breaks up with Lauren and picks Becca. And I was completely hooked. Although I have to say, I kept saying, I kept texting my kid to say, he's kissing this one and then he's kissing that one. I don't <laughs> understand how they can be doing all that making out with different people. I've now gotten so used to it that anyway, but uh, I was, I was totally hooked. I have not missed an episode oh, of wow. anything in the bachelor franchise since then. And my daughter abandoned me. Oh, she wow. Left, so she left me in bachelor nation. She doesn't watch anymore. <laughs> Although she is says, she watching golden bachelor. She isn't, but she texted me this morning to say that she was going to wait to listen to this until after she binged it. So oh, she nice. didn't want me to spoil it. You know? Okay. Well, <laughs> fair enough. I'm glad she's back. I think a lot of people are back for golden bachelor in general. It's been a really positive response. I was really glad you reached out because I very much been wanting to talk to people of Golden Bachelor age. But I have found that a lot of people of Golden Bachelor age have no interest in watching. Do you have other friends, like other peers who are watching? Only one person my age that I know is watching. I think probably because they're people who have disdained The Bachelor all along. Mm. But I will tell you, my 90-year-old mother is watching. Wow. And she, I tried to get her into The Bachelor once I got into it because I visit her. She lives alone and I, I, she's in New York. I'm in Ohio uh -huh. and I go back every couple of months to see her. And so when Bachelor or Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise is on, she watches it with me if I'm uh -oh. there that week, but she hates it. <gasps> and she just doesn't understand how I could possibly be watching this. But I told her to watch Golden Bachelor and she loves it. She That's absolutely so funny. loves it. It's so I love cute. It. I love that she loves it. What do you, so like, why do you think she likes it more? Like what, like for you and for your mother, like what is it about Golden Bachelor? Because I, I think I've talked about this, like for me and for a lot of my peers, I think it's just like, there's no stress involved. There's people seem to be getting a little bit more stressed because no one wants these people. No one wants any of the women to like yeah. feel bad or whatever. But like, what about it do you like? Well, they did such a good job casting it, obviously. Yeah. It could have been horrible, I think, had they cast oh, it differently. Also, if they were editing it differently, if it was being produced differently, clearly there's a different team of people involved in this. Yeah. So I, I think everyone is, almost everyone is so likable, which is never true in the main show. And they're kind to each other. And I don't know, I, I just, it's not that I believe that they're all there because they truly hope to fall in love with this man and spend the rest of their <laughs> lives with him. I mean, it's a game, obviously, or to some of us, it's obviously a game, but they seem so much more sincere and cool about the whole thing. Definitely agree on the cool do. part. You know, I heard you say recently that you'd love to see like a, a people in their 40s bachelor, people in their 50s bachelor, yeah. you know, the people in their late 30s. I would too. I think that the demo, it keeps getting younger on the mm -hmm. show and more and more annoying. I mean, every season I say, I'm just not going to watch the next season. <laughs> I, I was committed to not watching Bachelor in Paradise and, and I'm watching it, you know. Of course. It's, but Golden Bachelor is so much more fun. It I really think. it really is more fun. Like, have you tried to get any of your friends to watch? 
I've tried to get everyone to watch. I Why don't they want to? What, like, I, I would like to hear some of the reasons because like, like my yeah. mom won't watch, but she won't watch any reality TV. But well, that's that's what it is. It's not that they're like anyone who watches The Bachelors. I have a lot of young friends. Mm. Most of my friends are much younger. And the ones who watch The Bachelor franchise are all watching this. Mm-hmm. The hard part is getting anyone. And, and the women my age do not watch reality dating shows. I mean, I am definitely an outlier <laughs> Listen, I not only watched The Bachelor, it was like that was my gateway drug. My daughter got me into Ari's season, and then she got me into Love Island UK a couple of years ago. So good. I'm watching Love is Blind, even though she isn't. I watched Perfect (laughs) Match. Perfect Match is horrible. Perfect Match is an abomination. (laughs) Perfect, Perfect Match is just like a nasty Love Island. I enjoyed it, but one of the reasons I enjoyed it is because I also watched The Circle. Oh my God, I love the circle. I I love the circle and I wanted to see all those people. Wow. Yeah, so, but I I can't believe I have fallen down this rabbit hole. I'm kind of impressed. It's a a lot of TV time. I'm I'm very impressed. How do you find time for writing? Well, I watch TV at night and I write during the day. In fact, I have my, my day is very evenly. So, so the reason I have so many young friends, part of it is teaching for so many years and I have all these young colleagues and former graduate students, because I taught mm. mainly graduate students, but I also take ballet class in the oh, evenings. Wow. Cool. And most of the people I dance with are, most of them are in their 30s. Some are in their 20s, some are in their 40s. Most of them are around my daughter's age. She's 30. And I've become very close to a lot of them. So every day I write during the day, I go take dance class from about 6.30 to 9. And then I come home <laughs> and I just watch reality TV until you I do pass ballet out. every day? Six days a week. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Did you dance um, your whole life or is this no, like a no. new I started new at 62. Wow. That's awesome. So never too late. I don't want to make you feel like you have to represent anyone other than yourself. But one thing I really like about the show and I like hearing, you know, from you right now is I think there are so few like genuine depictions of like people just like living like over 60. Right. Like I think... Right. And people, me included, like look at the like the people in government. It's like you've all just been around for so long. It's just sort of like a weird yeah. the, the famous people who are over sixty, we've watched age, like Joe Biden, for example. Right. We've watched right. him age since he was a young senator. Well, I wasn't alive then, but you know what I mean? And I think it's like I find it really revolutionary to see people coming to TV for the first time when they're when they're over 60. But I also think that like I'm viewing that in like kind of like hopeful lens. Like I'm 37 and I'm like, this is great. People have long, they do a lot of stuff well, after all the things a- you learn about <laughs> as a kid. I'm curious, like when you hear like both how you yeah. perceive it and then also how you perceive me talking about that. It's a little meta and I don't usually like no, invite no. feedback like that. But I'm just sort of curious because I know it's such like a young person perspective. Well, yes. And it's, I find it adorable, actually, (laughs) which is not to sound condescending, but I mean, it's like, first of all, there's lots of representation of much older people living their lives in the rock and roll world, for Mm. example. You know, I mean, Mick Jagger's older than I am. Paul McCartney's older than I am. And there, we've watched, I mean, I've watched. Paul McCartney's on tour right now. He's crushing it. I know. And I mean, Paul McCartney was my first crush, you know, so. I am. I'm just thrilled to see him still doing this work. And then, you know, there's actors, you see, like Diane yeah. Keaton, say, and Emma Thompson. Did you see what was a good luck to you, Leo Grande? Did you I watch did that, watch that movie? Series? Yes. So that made me like 
I'm, I'm sort of relating it to Golden Bachelor, which is a little weird, but it made me really happy. Like I oh was my just God. so excited to see that, that guy in it. So hot. He was in a lot of things in the last year. He was also I on the PB Blinders and his name is Daryl, Irish last name. Oh, he was in Bad Sisters too. Did you watch Bad Sisters? Yeah, I did not watch Bad Sisters. Maybe Great I show. Should. Highly recommend. All right. All He's right. in that uh, as well. But you know, I mean, it's that's aspirational to me. Sure. I shouldn't say that. I'm, I'm married. I've been married a long time. Um, but so to come back to my DMing you, I mean, I yeah. DM'd you. Not, I wasn't mad, but I was <laughs> amused and perplexed by the fact when, when you said the other day that, well, you know, this was a generation where the women were staying home. They weren't, you know, having careers and you're conflating my generation, which <laughs> was the previous. Oh, and you also said, you know, it was the Mad Men generation, right? I didn't say Mad Men generation. I said, you know, like Don Draper Don style. Draper. Okay. Well, but the implication <laughs> is Mad Men. But, you know, but we were born then, right? Yeah, I was born in 55. And also like, I've been thinking about this too with these women. I mean, I was a little hippie right? Mm -hmm. In my teens. I was 14 years old in 1969. You know, I didn't go to Woodstock, but my boyfriend did. Nice. Was he 14 too? And uh, yeah, and he, he was a bad guy. We won't wow, talk about 14 him. at Woodstock. <laughs> Incredible. I, I believe he got arrested on his way, actually. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, my, those years, high school, you know, I followed the Grateful Dead around. I was that sure. kind of kid. Deadhead. And Joni Mitchell. And, and then the 70s hit and we had, you know, it was like a big wave of feminism. You know? Of course. So clearly that the generation that you were thinking about is my mother's generation. Right, my grandmother, it's the, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's the parents of, of the people who were on The Golden Bachelor, if they're still alive. One of the, This is a, a tangent, but one of the things that's kind of shocked me is that there seems very little representation of kind of old hippies. Like Leslie is the only one who seems to identify that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm puzzled. I mean, not so I have, I don't have a lot of friends my own age, but the ones I do have, none of them were hippies in the late 60s and early 70s. They were good girls. So uh -huh. I know there's a lot of those people. Interesting. So yeah, what, like, what do you think about the women? Do you feel like, outs, you know, that's an interesting point. Like, do you feel like they are a, a good swath of like representing, you know, you can't, 20 women's not going to represent yeah, a whole generation, no. but like, do you feel like they picked a group of women that feel identifiable to you at least? Because I think when you watch like Real Housewives, like when I watch The Housewives of Salt Lake City, I'm just like, they are on a different planet than me. Yeah, like yeah. Meredith Marks and Lisa Barlow are both like from New York. And I'm just like, I've never met anyone who's yeah. like them. Yeah. But I just like, so how do you feel about the women of Gary's season? Well, the only ones who feel familiar to me are Leslie and Ellen. Mm. That may be because they're both Jewish. Right. I mean, I'm assuming Ellen is is Jewish. Ellen, I think, is almost certain she is. Uh, Leslie, yeah. I don't know. Leslie wears a Jewish star. Oh, she That's does. That's how I we know that notice. Leslie's Jewish. Oh, you didn't notice. Oh. I, oh. <laughs> so, uh, but Leslie is the only one who feels like someone I might have hung out with when mm -hmm. I was in my 20s. She's four years younger than I am, which doesn't sound like much. But, and I'm sure you feel this in your own generation, there's a generational divide. My yeah. brother's four years younger than I am. And, you know, he listened to um, Harry Chapin mm -hmm. on his eight track while I was in my room listening to The Dead on vinyl. Different generation. <laughs> he never did drugs. And I did, you know. Right. So, so Leslie, she might have been, you know, mature for her age. <laughs> Most people I know in their early 60s kind of missed it. And are a little and were a little resentful that they'd missed it. Missed the drugs? 
missed the whole experience, you know. I mean, I was a little old Mm. for, I mean, a little young for it, sorry. So people who are two or three years older than I am were really in it. So yeah, there's that kind of, you know, Vietnam War protesting and all of that. People a few years younger, not so much. The women are, I mean, the first night I was kind of holding my opinion in reserve, like Gary is, he's great, he's a great lead, but like I find him not the least bit attractive. He's just he's quite, too he's quite wholesome. boring. Yeah. yeah. He's boring. He's so probably didn't go to of, Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> and his whole I mean, do you do you listen do you listen to um Game of Roses? No, I don't, but I, I know about it. Well, Bachelor Clues does the most dead-on impersonation of him. It's worth listening to just to hear him do Gary speaking. So I kept thinking come on, just like with the regular show, I cannot believe all these women are really into this guy. Yeah. And I also was a little uneasy about like April, who seems lovely, but clearly she's had so much work done. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's what this is going to be like. I wasn't thrilled with Leslie's limousine entrance with the pretending to be an old lady and then showing, you know. Especially because she's the hot one. Yeah, I just, and and, you know, listen, I'm sure that this wasn't her idea. (laughs) I'm sure that this was something concocted. So I was like, ah, I don't know. But by the second episode, I started to really like the women. Like really all of them. Maybe not Teresa so much. (laughs) I don't like Teresa either. But I really like how mean Kathy is. I know it's not nice because she's mean, but it's it's so funny. Honestly, even Teresa makes me laugh. Yeah. Like they, they all crack me up. And I just, yeah, I mean, I, maybe they wouldn't necessarily be my friends, mm-hmm. but I kind of like hanging out with them once a week for an hour. It's plenty. <laughs> I like how much we get to see them enjoying yeah. each other. I mean, it's so much more than you get on, on Young Bachelor. I'm going to start calling it Young Bachelor just because, yeah, yeah. I like what, that. you know, yeah, Young Bachelor. Just because it, it came first doesn't mean it has to be The Bachelor. <laughs> The first few minutes of the last episode with them doing the Hora in the pool. Yeah, it was amazing. Might be one of my favorite things I have ever seen on television. It made me so happy. Totally. And it gets to your point about this being like, a it feels like a different creative team because I really like how they've been setting up these episodes where like you get like a small moment of either Gary or the women or whatever it is of them just sort of like doing something well, I guess sometimes it's really dramatic, but yeah, just seeing them in the pool having fun. We yeah. so infrequently see like just unbridled joy on this show and to see like them doing or it all together. Or if you see it, there's someone commenting about how inappropriate it is. Right. 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 It was just like allowed to stand on its own, yeah. basically, it, which was cool. Yeah, I think everything about the show is better. I mean, yeah, the, those openings where it's just a little minute and it leaves you wondering I mean, it's like the good opening of a short story. If I were teaching a class, you know, like, why is that happening? Why is this person crying? There's no spoilers in it. Like in the Young Bachelor and Young Bachelor in Paradise, they have these openers that kind of tell you everything that's going to happen. Yeah. And then they have these, you know, next week on Bachelor in Paradise and you find out everything's going to happen there. It's stupid. (laughs) It's so stupid. And they're also, I think that the way they're cutting the show, they're just kinder to the women. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, even Kathy, like if there's a villain, I guess it's Kathy. Sure. But she was such a mild, sweet villain. Also, she's direct. Yeah. Do you find the, like the directness of how they speak to each other noteworthy? Because I always think about how like the most unrealistic thing of reality dating shows is the way that people like 
explicate their feelings like that just doesn't happen (laughs) in real life. This show is even like a, a wrinkle on that where like they don't have the same kind of like very limited lexicon of like I think I'm falling in love with you I'm falling in love with you I'm in love with you I love you but they do have like this specific way of talking to each other does that ring true to you or no it doesn't but don't you think that's producer directed I mean maybe I've watched too much Game of Roses but (laughs) but the reason I got into Game of Roses I got into it after I heard them on uh Emma's podcast. Love to see Love it. Love to see it. And so I went and listened to Game of Roses and I vibed with it right away because I mm-hmm. have always felt like, come on, clearly this is all being manipulated. Yeah. And I assume that these women are, you know, told, okay, now you have to talk about this and they're being asked questions off camera. Teresa has a little of the lingo though. Didn't you notice last week she was like, I, yes. I may be falling in love with you. I may, I may be in love with you. Oh, come yes. on. <laughs> She's she seems like she watches the show. She seems like she's very aware of how to like be on The Bachelor. Yeah. But that's like the extent of her awareness does not extend to other people. But I think I don't know, maybe again, this is just like a projection, but I just would assume it's like a little bit harder to get these women to do exactly what you want just because they have less of an incentive to. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right. It's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. I'm sure. And I think that was one of the deals with Kathy and Susan both, right? Right. Because they're the ones who are easiest to manipulate are the ones with the weakest sort of super ego to to begin with. Yeah. Just watching this for you, knowing that like this can't necessarily be parlayed into like a career change how you watch it. Like, do you think about that? Because I think that that's something we've discussed a lot on this pod, but I don't know if that like resonates for you. Well, it, it resonates to me 
but not to the extent I think that it's resonating to you younger people. <laughs> I don't think that and no one is getting, none of the older cast members are getting on the show because they expect to make a career out of being Instagram influencers. Of course, even the young people doing it now are, do, are being really dumb about it because yeah. I don't think there is a career in this anymore, but it's still giving them exposure and they're hoping for some sort of media career, right? Yeah. Which most of them end up with. None of these older women are thinking that way, but that doesn't mean that they wouldn't be thrilled to have more followers for whatever <laughs> it is they're doing. I mean, Leslie's got her fitness classes and I, w I have not like studied their Instagrams. I don't go that far, but I mean, I'm 68 and I would love to have more followers than I do because the last time I went out, my agent went out trying to sell a book. Mm -hmm. I was told I didn't have enough of a platform. Wow. And that sucks. That's how things are. I mean, it really is ridiculous as it is. Right, right, right. Who are you rooting for of the final three? We've got Faith, Leslie and Teresa. Well, I have to say that first, there's who I think will win. I feel really sure Faith is going to get Me it. Me too. I you think know? Faith is yeah. going to win for sure. And I and I like her fine. I think that's I think that's yeah. perfectly fine. Of the three of them, Leslie's my favorite. I know you don't love her, but I just maybe because she seems like the only one I, I would be friends with in real mm -hmm. life. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hope Teresa doesn't win. I think she might. Ugh. But I she's really certainly gotten don't a lot like of attention her. on the show, I, not just from him, but like airtime. Well, yeah, she's she, this like everything about her has annoyed me from the beginning, I will say. And I feel a little bad about it, but because she's the only one who's really annoyed me since the beginning. I loved Ellen and I was actually a little heartbroken to I see know. her go. <laughs> I also loved Joan and I was sad to see her go. So that's my feeling. I, I think Faith will win. I can't even say that I hope Leslie will win because I think it would be a really bad match. Like, I cannot imagine those two together. I can't either. He, there's something about him that does feel quintessentially Midwestern. Yes. And I don't think that any of the three women actually feel that way. Even though Leslie, yep. her, she herself is from Minnesota. So yeah. maybe geographically it'd be the best fit. Although Minnesota yeah. is far from Indiana, which I learned in the fact that I've never been to Minnesota and I went to yeah. college in Illinois. So it's far away. It's far away. But, you know, I mean, listen, I'm in Ohio and there right. are people here who seem really Midwestern and people here who I can't believe grew up here. Right. So and I'm generalizing, of course. Yeah. But I, I just think it's personality. And I, like if we had to drill down into their politics and stuff, my guess is the fantasy suites is where they'll they'll talk about all that. Right. And I would be shocked. I think Leslie's probably slept with too many men, is my guess, you know? Like, <laughs> well, I think <there's> <laughs> she definitely's had a lot of relationships because she says she's been cheated on so many times. And she so, also dated Prince, let's not forget. I forgot. Like, about it. Great point. This is a, so, which this is, is <laughs> probably the coolest thing that's ever happened to anyone on any of these shows. I mean, uh, that's pretty that, amazing. It, it is certainly true. I mean, you yeah, named a song I, after her. So she says. She claims, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. But no, no, see, I, I, it, all, it all stays in my head. <laughs> do you think, like, what's your guess about whether they're going to keep this going and do a Golden Bachelorette? I think it's almost a lock. It's been so successful. Uh, I hope so. I really hope so. My only question about it is budget, because it doesn't seem like it's that much cheaper to make than, like, charity season of The Bachelorette, but they're getting less content. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're getting an hour. They're probably spending 
not half the amount of money to get half the amount of a television show. So I'm curious to see how that how that works. But I think it's almost definite because people like it so much. And it's just it's just different. It's a differentiator. I mean, so many of the shows you mentioned before are derivatives of Love Island. And there's just like not a lot And, and Love Island unto itself. It's like certainly derivative as well. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. It's not like there are so many new ideas in reality TV right now. And I think probably yeah. Love is Blind will be hard to maintain over a very long period of time for a lot of different reasons. I think it's almost a lock. I also think that Joan is much more likely to be Golden Bachelorette than Ellen. I agree. If you were to meet Gary out in the wild, would you want to set him up with someone that you know? No. No, I don't. I can't imagine. No, no one I know. I mean, he's again, he seems very nice. He reminds me of the parents of some of my young friends Uh because, you know, but no, he's so uncool. I mean, (laughs) although the motorcycle thing did give me pause. You know, I think like his I, tattoo really changed my, I was like, was, is there some edge underneath here? I'm like, what's this I, about? I, the tattoo doesn't necessarily tell you that because a lot of men of my generation, when they were teenagers, hmm. got tattoos because at that point getting a tattoo, well, we could get started on the subject of tattoos. I mean, when I was growing up, having a tattoo meant you were like a bad person. You know, you were from the wrong side of the tracks. Women never had them. Right. And the men who had them, you know, got them when they were in the army or got them because they got really drunk one night and it was a mistake. And then this shift now to tattoos being the coolest thing you could possibly do. Totally. And very common. Yeah. I think, in fact, I keep telling my daughter who is just covered with tattoos that her children will find tattoos the uncoolest thing in the world because, (laughs) right, because both their parents are covered with them. So there's going to be this flip back, not necessarily to thinking that people with, definitely not people thinking that if you have tattoos, it means you're a derelict, but thinking if you have tattoos, it's like so uncool. But I think you can't read Gary's tattoo the way you would read a tattoo on someone who's 30. Like Ben Higgins, when you saw his, it was like, oh, interesting. Like, what's the story behind that? There's nothing interesting about Gary having a tattoo. It is interesting to me that he used to ride a motorcycle. I I haven't seen any images of him when he was young. Yeah, very few. It's a good point. Like, did he have long hair? I mean, so many men who are 72 now had really long hair when they were in their 20s. So I think it's weird that that's been sort of a lid has been kept on that. How do you feel about the treating of the word as divorce as something that cannot be spoken? Oh, God. I I, it's, it, I think this must be one of the holdovers from the young bachelor. <laughs> you know, it's so ludicrous to have people this age not being able to talk openly about their divorces. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Whereas that was the only talk, oh. sour moment having to do with Ellen, and it wasn't her fault. Him not yeah. saying you were yeah. previously married. That, but yeah, I, yeah. I think people just love her. I think there's something about her. I got a lot of messages that um, from people for whom she was their health teacher that like she was she is great. Oh, oh I and love so I that. think she's just like a great like person who makes people feel comfortable. I never thought they had great chemistry, but I did think yeah. he liked spending time with her. And then I talked myself into her because I just liked her. But you didn't but, really think she would win, did you? Like I mm, really liked her, but I I just I. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think I did for a time. I was yeah. like, oh, she's going to win. He se- he seems like he has the best time with her. But I'm also like not surprised now, th- now that we're we're here. That New York accent, that Long Island accent yeah. she's got. I thought, yeah, that would just rule her out. 
definitely seemed yeah. like, a, like a culture clash. And she also just yeah. seems her energy is different than his. They're both peppy, but she reminds me of like a camp director. And he reminds yeah. me of like the fittest guy at the pickleball courts, but not yeah. necessarily yeah. like at camp. So, oh, yeah, I mean, she was, you know, she was a teacher. I mean, yeah. her talent at the talent show was my favorite of all the talents. Teaching sex ed. To yeah, the- she was just doing yeah. her job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that was absolute hands down. That was my favorite. <laughs> we all love you, Ellen. I'm trying to interview her. I, I was going to say to your point about people not looking for fame, these this, these women, they're not really doing a lot of press. Like they're not really yeah. on the podcast circuit. They're like posting on Instagram a little bit, but not that much. The best Instagram content, I mentioned this, has been Susan and Kathy playing into the fact that they yeah. look like Chris Jenner and Caitlyn Jenner. So <laughs> it's it's like, it's great. I, I think yeah. that like the fact that they are aware of the feedback and like having fun with it is just like very fun to see. So it's just been a delight. I mean, I'm so glad you reached out because I, I was like, I had this whole plan. I was like, every week, someone who is of the Golden Bachelor age, we are going to talk to them. But there's just not that many people that I'm aware of who are actually watching. So I was so glad. I, I, I know. I was thinking after I was so delighted when you said you wanted me to come on the show. And I was thinking last night, who can I tell about this who'll be excited? <laughs> and the people I told were a young gay man who I knew would be thrilled. Someone I learned reformer Pilates from. I mean, I really couldn't. I did tell the one close friend I have in Columbus, who's my own age, who's never watched the show. I've been trying to get her to watch it, but she says she'll watch it now. Nice. Golden Bachelor is so, a great entry point. I have friends who have never watched The Bachelor either, who are like, okay, I'll watch Golden Bachelor. So, And they a, don't realize what's going to happen to them. I mean, this is it. I mean, if it could have happened to me, one episode of watching Ari Lyondek kind well, of just... <laughs> was your first episode the one where he not only proposes to Becca, but also breaks up with her? Or was that the following did, week? Did that happen? I can't remember if that happened. The because I his think... breakup with Becca was a landmark television event. It was very yeah. dramatic. I, did, I watched TV. that. I, I think that was the, the week after. I think the first episode I watched was him trying to decide between the two Got of it. them, but it not not coming to an end yet. The split screen was genius. I, it, yeah, yeah, it was. It was great. I, it really, I, I still can't believe it. I mean, I think back to it and I cannot believe it was a watershed moment it in was. my life. Oh, absolutely. Me too. I, I remember where I was. It was raining in Los Angeles, which was shocking. <laughs> and I was watching on the couch. It was, it was really, it was great. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I wanted to ask you, unrelated, last question. As a writer, who is your favorite writer? Oh, my God. Living or dead or both? Both. <laughs> the dead writers I, I love most are probably Chekhov and um, George Eliot. Mm. And the living writers I'm most obsessed with. I just finished Tessa Hadley's new book of short oh. stories. which yeah, is Tessa she's, Hadley. She is a great favorite of mine. Cool. And J.M. Koitsi, the South African Coetzee, yeah. Yeah. novel. I just read. I was in Italy and I, oh. I got COVID on my way to Italy. Oh, That's no. a whole other story. If you're going to get COVID, though, quarantining in a villa in Tuscany is the that way to go. That sounds nice. And so I read three new books. I read the Tessa Hadley, the, the Koitsi, and my friend Lori Siegel, oh. who's 95 and just published a new book called Ladies Lunch that is oh. fantastic. I just read Old Love Good Girls by Gail Godwin, which has a lot of Chekhov references. So if you like Chekhov, oh, I recommend that book. I loved that book, too. Yeah. 
It was really good. Gail Godwin's it. Now she's, you know, she's another old, like most of the writers I love, Tessa Hadley is not one of them, but they're old ladies. They've like, mm. and they've been mentors to me, some of them. Cynthia Ozick and oh, yeah. Alice cool. Monroe, Alison Lurie, who died recently. But Gail Godwin, she's been around a long time too. And I yes. will say for a writer saying that, for a literary writer saying that Chekhov is a big influence is a total cliche. <laughs> Well, I think it's true for Gail Godwin, too, based on this book. I really recommend it. Old Love, Good Girls. I really loved it. It was a great book about friendship, fraught friendship. It was very good. My favorite subject, which is actually, <laughs> which is also the reason I've gotten so into Bachelor Nation in general. Well, that's why Love Island is so good, is the friendships. Yes. That's yeah, why. I mean, that secret subtext is not so secret about the people becoming, and they become friends for life. For life, yes, you absolutely. Know? I mean... Oh my God. It's just, it's, it fills me with joy. The friendships, not the romances. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find more of your work? Well, they can find me on Instagram where I need more followers, clearly <laughs> at Michelle underscore Herman. Michelle has two L's and the novel Close Up came out last year and is still widely available. Okay, great. Um, and it, where books are sold as almost all my other books. Bookshop.org. Bookshop.org is a great place to go. Thank you to my producer, Devin Ronaldo, and Callie and I will be back for week six on Thursday night. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.